of opinions on music and dance Talk about them too much and annoy all my friends So I thought that instead I'd just talk to you And hope that you're a dance and music nerd too Please validate me Hello everyone and welcome back to Movement and Musicality This is episode 6 and it's also our season finale, which I know I said there would be two more episodes and I'm a liar, but um, this one is also very exciting because I have my first guests on the podcast. I have invited some of my friends, Angela, Natasha, and Sarah. They are all very experienced in music and dance, and I am going to be interviewing them and we're going to be talking about our own experiences in both art forms and stuff like that. Do you guys want to introduce yourself and say a little bit about your experience in music and dance? Yes, of course, Ali. I will go first. I am Natasha. I'm going into my second year. Well, I guess I'm in my second year of concurrent education and music. Um, I'm a singer and I've been singing my whole life. Uh, I've also been dancing non-competitively my whole life as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love I love to dance and sing, and the arts has played the arts has played a big role in my life. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it today. Thank you. I can go next. Um, hi everyone. I'm Angela. I am uh, studying music and French. I am in my second year, and I am also in the concurrent education program. Uh, I started out dancing, I think, when I was six and just fell in love with it immediately. Um, I just found so much comfort on the stage and just being able to express myself in all forms or whatever that meant any day, um, I just loved it. And then got into music at school and just kind of found a passion and found that they really support each other and they, they, they go together. And that's kind of gotten me here, yeah. I love that. Amazing. That was so cute. <laughs> um, hello, podcast. Um, <laughs> my name is Sarah. Um, I'm also a second year con ed music student. Um, before, um, I guess, university and the pandemic, I was a dancer for 13 years, uh, non-competitively, and I have been playing the flute for about six years now, which is my main instrument. Um and yeah i haven't had a lot of experience doing music and dance together um like at the same time but they're so connected with each other that i don't think it you know really matters like whether or not i was studying flute at the same time i was studying dance class so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah thanks okay I also want to paint the picture, first of all, of our setup right now, um, because I think it's it, it's, it's just wonderful. It's humbling. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we have... So, we're on the floor of Natasha's room. <laughs> um, we're sitting on some really nice pillows. Really These comfy. are some really, really nice comfy. pillows. Thanks, and uh, we just ate some Sour Patch Kids to moisten the throat, as Sarah would say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's... I'm Did- gonna, did it work? Yeah, yeah it did. There's didn't lots work. of saliva for speaking. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, anyway, the moral of the story is if you are planning on starting a podcast, um, get yourself some Sour Patch Kids. because And some comfy pillows. And some comfy pillows. Yes. Anyway, the next question is, do you think that your experience in one art form, either music or dance, 
um, helped you in the other? And can you think of any specific examples? Because on this podcast, and sort of the reason that I created this podcast was because my experience in music helped me in dance and my experience in dance helped me in music. And I think, like thinking about curriculum, I'd really like to mesh the music and dance curriculums more. Um, but I'm interested to know your experiences um, as how being a dancer impacted you as a musician and being a musician impacted you as a dancer. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, basically, I totally agree with everything that Ali just said. Like, love it. Um, there's a few ways where I find um, having experience in both like really like helps the other art form, if that makes sense. So in a more technical sense, I'd say dance has helped me a lot in music with like rhythm wise like for example in our ear training class my favorite um <laughs> uh we do a lot of like dictations and stuff and so um having that like rhythmic kind of experience and like dancing to the beat and on time has really helped me with that um i don't know in a more artistic sense i'd say being in dance has helped my performance when i'm singing um like one of my favorite things about dance is the expression aspect of it and how each song and each style of music has its own different vibe and I just love that you can express that through your body and your movements and you just kind of get like transferred into this different world of like just being in the song and being in the moment and like I really love that. So I do find that having this experience in dance has helped me find what I want to express when I'm singing. So it helps me figure out sort of like where I'm looking when I'm singing, like what I'm doing with my face, am I doing any actions with my hands? Um, yeah, like it, it just it helps me figure out what to do to best um, fit the story of what I'm singing in. Um, and then also, I am gonna talk about the opposite of that too, which is standing still when, standing still when singing. It's actually really hard for me. I've just like, I'm always <laughs> leaning forward and my teachers are always telling me that I'm like, I need to stand up straight because obviously posture is good when you're singing, but I always want to tell the story. And so, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Nice. I can go next. Um, So yeah, since I started out in dance, I feel like from a young age, I was able to kind of like really feel the beat like deep within myself. Like I've kind of always been connected. Mm -hmm. I felt this like deep connection with it. So I found that having that really helped me when I got into I started in choir so having that just helped me be able to like listen to what I was uh, listen to my the other choral members watch my conductor and listen to the pianist and just kind of know and feel confident in what I was doing and just completely understand how it all meshes together um and yeah also the other way around too like being in music I kind of feel like um just the two of them together have aided me in like knowing how to perform and express myself and just bring this music to life, whether it be me dancing it or whether it be me singing it, what we're doing is bringing this to life, this art to life. And yeah, they just go hand in hand and it's great. (laughs) Completely agree. (laughs) Um, Oh, I guess I will share my um, kind of experience and how I feel Um, I actually started with dance way before I started with music. 
I had absolutely no music experience. I started in high school on the flute. I didn't know what a whole note was. I didn't know pretty much anything. I didn't know how to hold an instrument, but I had some prior knowledge from dance and I found that it helped me to start to get the hang of things, like counting your steps in dance, like one, two, three, four, one, two, and it just kind of, you know, it reminded me of that and I'm like, oh, okay, so this isn't just like, I don't have to be so stiff when I'm playing, like I have to like find where I'm at in the music, kind of how I would do in dance class. and. Without that, I don't think I would be taking a batches of music right now, and I genuinely don't think I would have come this far if I didn't have that, like, prior connection. It just kind of, like, made everything feel right, and yeah, I don't know. That's so nice. <laughs> we, were, we were talking earlier about how we feel that when we dance, we're essentially becoming the music. Mm-hmm. Um and it's honestly like it's it's incredible does anyone have anything to say about that um yeah i think that for me at least like when i'm playing the flute it's a little bit different than um maybe singing Mm -hmm. like i'm not a vocalist i'm really bad at singing but that's okay you're not um (laughs) (laughs) but uh when i play the flute like there's no lyrics or anything and your instrument like a voice is actually a part of you but I feel like your instrument like becomes an extension of your body absolutely you kind of have to like Mm -hmm. learn to work with it as you would do like learning a new like move in dance class and it just like you incorporate it into your whole performance and it's like I don't know yeah it just kind of becomes like who you are in that moment and like what you're trying to like show people who you are yeah. Yeah. Totally. I just want to add too, like when we get music, like it's just a, it's on a piece of paper. Like oh, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff that we study in school right now is classical from hundreds of years ago. So it's just like a piece of paper. And then like, it's up to us to really like dig deep and find that passion yeah. and just give it our all and like bring it to life. Bring it to life. Yeah. Like whether it be you're dancing to it or if you're singing or if you're playing the clarinet or the flute, like, Whatever it is, like, it is your job as the artist, as the musician, as the dancer, to just um, give the audience this experience of, like, just um, enjoying music and, like, feeling all the feelings and all the things, you know? Oh, I totally agree. I think it's also important to, like, make it your own. Like, Mm -hmm. we, we sing, we play so many pieces that, like, obviously are, like, pretty well known and, like... We don't often, like, perform our own compositions or our own songs and things. So I think it's good, like, everyone can each individually make it their own thing and their own way to tell the story. Yeah, I don't mm. think that, like, a live performance, like, no live performance is ever the same twice. No. Like, yeah. You can never yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. True. Okay. My next question um, is something that I've also talked about on this podcast uh, do you think that there should be more emphasis on theory and or history in dance education? Because I feel like in music education, of course, I'm coming from a place where I started in music first. Um, and sometimes I can be a little bit more critical of dance education because I'm on the music education side of things more so. Um, 
but I just loved how well-rounded my music education experience was through, you know, having relatively equally performance, history, theory, um, but dance, especially in studios, seems very focused on just performance, and I was just wondering what your thoughts on that was. Absolutely, I can go. Yeah, um, so I guess, like, I'm if I'm thinking of it, like, the way I understand it, I, I'm thinking kind of from, like, from a dance studio perspective rather than a school classroom. And I think growing up, I would have really appreciated to have learned, you know, maybe where ballet actually came from. Like, sure, I studied the British Association of Teachers of Dance ballet yes. form, you know, BATDs. Yes. Sure, I studied it, but do I actually know where everything came from and what was the inspiration behind it? And, like, there's actually so much history in, like, what a certain move could mean, you know? So I feel like probably maybe not when I was super young, but maybe when I got into the later years of my competitive dance career, I would have appreciated to learn it. So if I ever become a dance teacher one day, which you know, it's, it's on the to-do list. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I would definitely want to emphasize that to my students that like, we have, we've come, we come from so much history. We're also moving forward, but we have so much to learn from in the past. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I like what you said about how like each movement, like it can come from like, it can come from it. Well, it can have (laughs) its like own meaning kind of thing. Like I actually Mm -hmm. did a whole like essay last year on like, different types of dance movements and like in this time this meant this or like moving your arm like this meant this um so I think that'd be really cool to learn about and I don't know if anyone else's studio has done this but my studio at home had a class called like national where we learn dances from like all around the world like France even like Italy places like it was so fun and I, I really loved sort of digging into that culture and like into that style and like it was really really fun to do that just that be so cool. immersed in culture yeah love it yeah i totally wish that i had like that opportunity i came from a, bit of a smaller town so it wasn't like super out there um also this is unrelated to the question but i kind of thought about it um ali when you were talking earlier how much mm-hmm. like dance has helped with my performance anxiety in music yeah dance mm. gave me so much confidence up on the stage like you're wearing a costume your hair and your makeup's done and like when you're like when the, that music starts and like the stage lights are on you like it's your time to shine and like I don't know it's just like your moment and I think having all those years of dance leading up to it like Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just whenever I'm playing the flute now, I'm kind of like, okay, this is like your dance recital. <laughs> like, just like go up there. Like you're in yeah. a sequence costume. Even if I'm in concert blacks, like I'm like I'm just like, you know, the coolest girl up here, and I'm just like yeah. showing them. Yeah, I feel like dance helps you really get familiar with the stage because in music you'll walk on and most likely sit in a chair and stay in that chair for an entire concert. But yeah, dance you really have to connect with the audience like all of you and connect with the space around you so that makes a lot of sense yeah I want to add to that too so like I totally agree that I like coming from dance first I did gain a lot of confidence on the stage from you know doing solos or whatever but actually for me I had a little bit of a different experience when I started the BMUS program at Queens last year so being a solo singer I had never done that before and 
when I tell you I was terrified for my first performance, like the amount of anxiety and stress I had around it. And like, it was very emotional. I felt like I was so vulnerable. And I think it's also like, okay to recognize that like music and dance, yes, they're connected, but they're also different. Like when I was dancing as a soloist on stage, this is my movement. Like this is just like me. I don't have to say anything, you know? And like when it's your voice, it's, it feels a lot more, um, fragile, you know, um, exposed, exposed. Exactly. So like for me, I had to really work on, um, acknowledging myself as a singer as well as a dancer on yeah. stage, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, definitely took some time. And again, like, they are so interconnected, but, like, they do take a lot of different kinds of abilities and strengths and stuff. So I think, like, it's important to recognize that and just know that it's a journey no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, something interesting I think that I noticed, um, because I originally was a singer, um, But when I started dance, I noticed that I was a lot less nervous to dance on stage. And even still performing music, I am much more nervous than I would be to perform dance. And I have been doing music all my life. And dance, I started, I think, around when I was 10. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's cool. It's really interesting. Yeah. And maybe it's also because, like, dance is a little bit more, like... I don't want to say free than music. I don't know what the right word oh, is. Oh, yeah. Like, I get like it's yeah. more mm-hmm. up to, like, inter- interpretation, whereas, yes. like, if you're, like, singing and you sing the wrong note or say the wrong lyric, everybody's yes. going to know. Like, it's, it's, ri- it's written down, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's set, not, like, set in stone, but it kind of is in a way. Yeah. But, like, dance, there's, like, more room for, like... Freedom. Not, yeah. And, yeah. Like, not improvisation necessarily, but, like... There's, like, a little more wiggle. Freedom of expression mm-hmm. is more yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. This brings yeah. up, like, a part where, like, one of my favorite parts about singing is the performance aspect. Because, like, in dance, like Sarah said, like, you are a bit more, like, free kind of thing. Whereas in singing, you know, like, you have to, like, have the right, like, mouth placement so this vowel sounds correct. And, like, it is a lot. And, like... With instruments, like, I don't know how to play the flute or the clarinet, but I know there's, like, lots of technical things to it. So that's why, like, a big part of, like, singing for me is how I perform it. So, like, Mm -hmm. yes, I have to have, like, the right techniques and skills, but I can use my face. And I'm going to bring this up, this, because this is why, okay, my favorite (laughs) language to sing in is German. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about this so much, but, like, I find so many German pieces just have, like, the wackiest, funniest stories to them. Like, I just sang a song about a trout in a lake, and it was just, like, (laughs) it was a fun song. It was so, like, I don't know, it was just, it's so fun to perform that and, like, be able to express myself through that. So, I had to bring it up. Of course. I'm so glad that you did. Um, so... I think we're gonna get back to you, Sarah, because we we did oh. tangent with your question. Sorry, with your I, answer. Know, I totally like, went <laughs> No, that was so good. I'm so happy. But um, was there anything that you did want to say about the sort of presence of theory and history in dance education? Yeah, um, I also think that uh, it would have been very helpful. Um, as Angela said as well, like in my older years, maybe not when I was like six or seven, even a little bit of an introduction then would have been, I think, good for me as a dance student, Mm -hmm. because Mm 
it would have allowed me to have like a higher appreciation for what I was doing like not that dance wasn't already valuable to me at the time but I think it just would have added to that and like enhanced like how I perceived or thought about what dance was and um yeah especially when I was older it would have been maybe cool to explore some like other parts of it like what actually goes into dance and like where does it come from and instead of just like oh like we're doing this in class today yeah you know? which I still had a lot of fun doing that I'm like not saying I don't want to do less of that just maybe more of some other things would you know just add to it and make it better no, no I totally agree I would like personally love to take a course like that that's sort of like more focused on where dance comes from because we did talk about this earlier like in the day but there's so much history with dance and like in cultures and traditions and there still is to this day and I do find it does get a little bit overlooked like it's it's really is a big part of history and we do talk about it in classes Um, like yeah but our our history class last year we covered drama and music and like visual art we did not cover dance Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's often overlooked yeah and we talked about opera but only the fact that there was music and drama in it but actually um my, my final project i talked about dance integration into music and drama and opera was one of my main examples because it is actually one of the main features of opera yeah and it was yeah yeah, just kind of (laughs) overlooked it's interesting because like I didn't even know that dance or drama were included in opera. I really just thought it was a genre of singing. Yeah. So it just goes to show you, like, what what we've prioritized over time. Like, I just always thought that opera was a ton of singing. I didn't know there was dance in it. Like, what? That changes the whole, like, picture. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Really just, like, the the earliest form of musical theater. Exactly. (laughs) And today we we do hear a bit more about dance and musical theater, but. Still, music and drama are sort of like the main, main ones. Is there anything else on that? Um, I don't think so. Okay, next question. So, we're all in concurrent education and music, um, and I do talk about education a lot on this podcast. Um, this question is, as future music teachers, how might you try to incorporate dance into your teaching? Now, I have talked about this on the podcast before and sort of my ideas for this, I used the example of, you know, if you're teaching a band class and you hand out a new piece to your students um, and maybe you are sort of playing this, playing the piece like over the stereo or something um, (laughs) for the class. sort of giving them a first listen to look along with the music to maybe follow along with the fingerings, whatever they're going to do. And then the second listen, having them maybe close their eyes for comfort's sake and then just move to the music. And they could either move to their line or another line or switch or just pick up different rhythms with their body. And I feel like that would it really increase familiarity with the piece in a sort of unconventional way because that's something that I use when I am learning new rhythms. I will sort of beat them out with like my hand um, and I will 
I'll, I'll just do the motions with my body some way and it really helps me learn. Um, but I was wondering if any of you have any ideas of how you might incorporate dance into your future classrooms. Yeah, I mean, I can go. It's This is like a, not a hard question, but it is definitely something I think that's important, something I've thought about and that I still need to think about even more. Um, I know from my experience in elementary school, like we had music and dance and drama. It was mainly mm. music, a little bit more drama than like not really any dance. And you know what? It's like a lot of teachers don't really aren't they're not really experienced in dance. Like they don't really know exactly what to teach. And I know a lot of students when they're older and like I don't know, grade six and above, they feel awkward. People feel awkward moving if they like aren't used to it or like didn't grow up doing that. So as someone who is going into the primary stream um, of teaching, I think, I don't know, there's lots of different ways you can like incorporate it. Like, I don't know, (laughs) like, I don't know. I still have to think about it, but the ways you can like incorporate, incorporate dancing in there and like keep it going throughout the years so that when they do get to the older age, they feel more comfortable in like in expressing themselves that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still thinking yeah. about it. So if That's anyone okay. else wants to share, we're in second year. Um, <laughs> we have lots of time. Ideas are just ideas are sparking. As if. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I can go next. Okay, so like I guess just like as one thing. I definitely want to prioritize movement in my classroom. Like, from a physical education standpoint, um, movement just benefits the brain in so many ways. So, like, whether or not you're going outside for recess, like, coming inside and doing, like, five jumping jacks as a class, like, I think is an awesome way to just, like, get people moving. That's one thing for sure. Just, I will argue to the day I die that dance is a sport. You can't convince me otherwise. So, (laughs) that is why that's, that's coming out there. But... Um, from like a music perspective, if I do end up teaching music in my classroom, I want, I spoke about this a little earlier on the podcast, just how like I feel the beat kind of deep within myself. I feel like music is such a physical experience, like whether it be like emotions and getting goosebumps or like, you know, when you like, for example, you go to a concert or like a club, the music is pounding in your chest. You feel feel the beat. So I really want to prioritize helping my students to kind of feel that within themselves because so whether or not you get the music or you can read it you can feel it and you understand it's how it's structured kind of like a familiar feeling yeah exactly so um definitely doing that in in my classroom and just like yeah prioritizing that music and dance go hand in hand exactly and just allowing them to experience both and both equally. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Thanks. <laughs> um, I have some stuff to add to that. I love um, it. You guys have, like, got my brain. Like, the gears are turning. Um, <laughs> so I was going to say um, I'm not really sure, like, the same as Natasha. Like, I don't know 100%, like, where maybe my music teaching career will take me or exactly what I want to do um, for music and dance together. But I do know for sure that even if I don't teach music and dance together or like 
simultaneously at the same time I at least want to make sure they get equal attention on mm-hmm. separate occasions mm-hmm. um and this year as well I or I guess technically it was last year for um our practicum placements for con ed I was tutoring like fifth and sixth graders um after school just like in like your after school reading club but even though it was a reading club we had two dance warm-ups every class we played kids bop videos and like (laughs) the kids would always get so excited like doing the moves and just like getting up and dancing and singing to like you know like their favorite songs and it was just really sweet to see especially because some classes were on zoom because of Mm -hmm. covid and like you know, like, a 10-year-old sitting at their computer all day at home is, like, not very fun. And also, like, mm-hmm. again, with Angela, like, with the sports aspect, the, like, physical activity, like, not good for a little kid to be sitting at a desk all day and, like, staring at a computer yeah. screen. Like, they need to be up and get active. And I find that it, like, really, like, it gives them a little energy yeah. boost. And then, mm-hmm. like, they, vol- they, they actually do. They volunteer more to read and, like, they want to participate more because they're, like, more energized by yeah. you know doing yeah. the dance part so I don't really think you have to be a music teacher or a dance teacher no. in order mm-hmm. like any elementary teacher or even a high school teacher could like incorporate into their classroom absolutely yeah no I love the point that like yes integrating the arts will be helpful but integrating the arts into other subjects is also extremely impactful mm-hmm. um and I remember that's something in our prof class last year um, when we did those, what were they called? The little studies at the end of the year. Yep. Um, I forget, yeah. but yeah. I think that was something that we we researched about was integration of arts education into other subjects. I want to add to that too, like with what you guys were saying about it's good for them to like get up and move around. One, especially because, like, a lot of schools now, like, things are on, like, Chromebooks and laptops. Like, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if we're not on Zoom, they're still doing a lot of work on their computer. And when they get home, they are, yeah. too. With social media, like, everything kind of getting to younger ages now, which is a bit scary. But that's which a whole other topic. not a bad thing. No, not a bad thing It's a really either. great thing. It's it a great resource. Yeah. 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 It's just... However, it can be dangerous. And it needs some extra attention, I think. Yes, Yes. I agree. Mm -hmm. So it is good to, like, get up and move around. And also, like, to add to what Sarah was saying, in our prof class (laughs) earlier in the week... Yeah. Well, like... (laughs) I'll bring that up later. But I wanted to say, like, our prof, after, like, each lecture slide, he would, like, move to a different side of the room. And at first I was like, okay, I guess he's just, like, moving around. But then, like, he ended up saying, like... By moving around, like, the room, you guys have to turn your heads. You guys have to shift your bodies. Your you have body. to yeah. be alert. And that kind of, like, refocuses you. And I found that it did. And, like, I, yeah, I felt more, like, that I could alert, pay attention aware. more. And then I was, like, even just, like, a mm-hmm. slight shift of your body is, like, super helpful. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Are we going to tell the flaw story? You I think t- you can tell <laughs> it now. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Okay, so basically in the same prof class, which is our, like, teaching class in university, like, where we learn to become a teacher, we, this was our first lecture, and I don't know, about, like, halfway through, the slide comes up, and it's just, like, the backpack kid, or whatever, whatever his name is, and... <laughs> 
was like, okay, guys, we're going to do something right now. <laughs> um, we're going to be teachers. We're going to be peer educators right now, and we're going to teach each other how to floss. So by, like, the end of this, like, seven minutes are up, everyone in this room is going to know how to floss. So we all get up, and everybody's doing it, and, like, at their separate tables, or, like, you know, and I was one of the people who didn't know how to floss, so I had to be helped, and by the, by the end of the class, we all could floss, and I'm like, oh, that was, you know, kind of cute, like, we learned how to, like, give directions to somebody, but then we also had um, a new piece of information, which was that dance and, like, educating somebody on how to dance is very it's like a very sensitive topic first of all but it's also very important because like a lot of people are embarrassed when they dance and it's just like you can't hide that you're a bad dancer he was like people can hide that they're bad at math or that they're bad at writing essays but like you know everybody's gonna know when you dance if you're like not very good or Mm -hmm. if you're like awkward about it so just all of you being vulnerable right now is like pretty amazing and yeah. <laughs> it resulted in Natasha getting selected oh, yeah, to, to floss in front of everyone, about 110 like, people. 110. <laughs> and that was the point. We were That was one fun point we were trying to add to the story, just, like, that she had to get up there and do it. But, like, also, yeah, exactly. Just the dance is vulnerable, and you can't hide it, it if is. you're a little yeah. awkward. And it's okay if you're awkward, too. Yeah. Like, no, it it's good to embrace it. Uh, like, yeah. He pointed at me, and I was, like, I did a double take. I'm, like, Sure. Me? <laughs> and I got up and everyone was looking at me and I did it and I sat back down and that was that. And you did bam. Yeah, like we that. all like clapped. It was great. <laughs> great ego boost, I guess. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like we've about reached the time that we do need to address the elephant in the room. Trisha Paytas's baby. Is... <laughs> 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 Is it really it's, the elephant in the room, though? Yeah. <laughs> it could be debatable. The question is, though, is it Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> Reincarnated. May, may she rest the, in peace. Yes. Casey, yes. Sorry. Rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. You did. Amazing. You her for a long mm-hmm. time and girl boss. Yes, she girl Absolute boss. Absolute girl boss. But. Baby time. The, the. <laughs> irony of Tisha Bader's going into labor on the day. No, we found out within like a few hours of each, like we were in history. Actually, we were in music history class. the part. We were in history, like class, living class, through history. Living through history when we all got like the notification on our phones that she had passed away and we were like, oh my god, like, this is crazy. This is like, real. Yeah. yeah. Wild. I feel like I didn't because like, I heard earlier in the day from like our, some of our other friends that the queen was, like, on medical rest or yeah. whatever. And I was like, okay, well, like, she'll hang on for a bit. But then later that night, I was like, <laughs> she'll oh, hang on. Yeah. Lizzie. Lizzie's girl. <laughs> Lizzie. <Anyway>. Queen Lizzie. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so we'll have to see um, what Trisha's baby, what happens there. Yeah, like, and, like, who she becomes, you yeah. know, like, maybe. Just a waiting yeah. game. Exactly. <laughs> I guess so. Anyway. We'll have to update you next season. Yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. When when the kid's a little bit older. When uh, there's a name. And, yeah, you know. new yeah. queen cookie or whatever. <laughs> what <laughs> was she going to name her? Yeah. Well, it's okay. I feel like 
Um, maybe like the queen needed another like like a different kind of life to live. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Very <laughs> contrast. The good a good contrast. Con- sure. Live all, all the all the lives. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I mean to bring this all to a close because this is the end of season one. Um. I did want to say. Um. First of all, it's it's been a lot of fun. Secondly, if you miss my voice, I'm on another podcast about music education. Um, it's called Cues Me Live. That is spelled Q-U-S-M-E-A, live exclamation point. It's, it's a school thing, but it's open to anyone. And um, yeah, it's really fun. What does and- Cues Me stand for? Do you want to tell them? Oh, I probably should. So that's the Queen's University Student Music Educators Association. Yay! And I am the director of that this year. Yes, Allie. That's sort of why I have to end this podcast early, because I'm the classes, doing stuff for that. As you may be able to tell by me talking in this podcast, I am very exhausted. She's <laughs> so girl bossing it. And we she's are all girl bossing. bossing. Oh, did you tell them the story earlier? We tried to record like half this podcast and then Ali's laptop died in the library. <laughs> and she didn't have a charger. Okay, here's the thing. Here's what happened. Because we were talking and we were like, we want to save on utilities. Oh, by the way, like three out of four of us live together. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Sarah doesn't live with us. Yeah, but okay. um, we were talking about how we want to like save on utilities, and we're like, okay, if you're not using something like a charger, unplug it from the wall. Uh-huh. You can see where I'm going with this. I didn't know that my laptop charger was unplugged from the wall, so when my laptop was plugged in overnight, it wasn't actually plugged oh, in overnight. No. Um, my laptop has a very good battery, but at that point, I had already been using it and um, it using it the day before and didn't charge it at night. So yeah, that is what happened. But since we're coming up on 40 minutes, I feel like I should say goodbye. Um, but thank you. And stay swag. And thank you for having us, Allie. Yeah, thank you, really you so much. No, it was so fun having you guys. And if you want to come back next oh, year. Oh, yeah. Well, of I could talk about this like, for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. Clearly. That's why I started the podcast. Because <laughs> I couldn't stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um yeah. Subscribe. Yeah. Final world. <laughs> Click that like. World's words. <laughs> do dance. Do music. Have fun. Like live just your live life. your life. Yeah. Live your life, queen. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.